What's up, y'all? My name is Min. My name is Tammy. This is The, the Lightning, Lightning Rod. Rod. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Lightning Rod. Today, I have Alex. Alex, can you kind of introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Alex Hayden Seidenberg. I just moved to Atlanta, Georgia recently um, by way of South Florida. I'm a photographer. I specialize in concert and outdoor landscape photography. Gotcha. And Alex, we met at an event together. Can you kind of tell um, our audience, like, why why to Atlanta, from Florida to Atlanta? Yeah, so uh, originally, I wanted to move to Atlanta to go to grad school. So the basis for picking what city I was going to end up living in was what grad school I was going to. And one of the reasons that I was so attracted to Atlanta was because I had visited a couple times. Um, and I was just really excited about the creative community, um, the music, the film, the arts, the culture. Um, and so that's kind of what ultimately made the decision for me. Cool. Um, about your degree. So can you tell the audience what your degree is in? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm getting my master's of science in city and regional planning. Um, so I work in affordable housing, um, which if you've been in Atlanta for, for a while, you might know that that's a pretty big need. Oh, yeah. Um, but I kind of work at this intersection between uh, policy, finance, and design. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's really interesting for me. Uh, I get introduced to new topics and new problems every single day. Um, so I, I really enjoy that kind of work. Yeah. And outside of that work, so you also do photography. So the two have nothing to do with each other. So why did you choose like to go after this, this kind of degree? Um, I took a history class. Uh, my, yeah, I took a history class my sophomore year of college, and it was about race in America, um, race and planning in America. And the whole premise of the class was kind of, we're in our current situation because of past policies. And so I think that kind of really opened my eyes into how deep-rooted a lot of the problems that we have in America, especially when it comes to housing um, and inequality. So I think that that was kind of what really got me interested in, in this kind of work in this particular subject. Yes. And that's such a big, uh, for sure, a big issue, um, which we won't dive into because that's not what our podcast is about, but it is a big conversation for other people to talk about for sure. And I'm so glad yeah. to have people like you kind of dive into it because I like the topic, but I don't ever want to like dive into politics like that just because there's just too many sides and all of this stuff. I just never want to d dig into it, honestly. Yeah, it's a, it's a different discussion for a different podcast, yes. I think. <laughs> for sure. But that's really cool. Um, so why did you decide to do photography like on the side? Like when did you start doing that? Um, so I guess I, I started learning photography. Um, one day my parents were cleaning out the garage and they brought down this really old box of photos that they had taken when they were um, about my age. And so I started going through it and they were all film photos. And I was like, wow, the, like these are so cool. I really love the look of film. And they ended up bringing a couple of old cameras down as well. And so I started playing around with those, finally got batteries for those, um, got film. And I was probably six, 15, 16 at the time. Oh. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I think that that kind of look, um, that kind of film look and the grain and just like how nostalgic um, that kind of feel was. Um, so I really got into that and I actually started learning photography by shooting on film on my parents' old cameras. And then as I got more into it and actually learned a bit more about photography, uh, that's how it kind of turned into, oh, I, I want to do this as a passion. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And so just from that, did you kind of like ever since that just knew you wanted to do photography or was it kind of like an up and down like, oh, I wanted to do something else or do like whatever you're doing now and then like do photography on the side? Yeah, I, I think maybe a little bit of both. I have a ton of interests creatively and then outside of that too, in terms of like what kind of work I want to do in my career. Um, and I think photography just kind of ended up being this really reliable creative outlet where I, I like every step of the way, I really always enjoyed it, whether it was taking pictures on like the first digital camera that I had, or then those film cameras or disposable cameras, I've just enjoyed the process of taking photos and then editing them later. Um, so I think that that's kind of been um, the, the one thing that I've always stuck to. Gotcha. And so you mentioned earlier that you do um, specifically concert and landscape. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so w one of the things, yeah. So I, those are like probably my two favorite things to do outside of work is uh, listen to music, go to shows, and then go camping and go hiking. So most of my pictures end up being of those two things. Gotcha. And so, um, I guess that's just my interest then that you chose though. So what would you have to say to someone that is like new to photography and really wants to discover like their, their niche or their niche, uh, since yours seems to be like concert and landscape? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just say, bring your camera as many places as you can and take photos of things that you like. Um, I think that that was kind of the easiest thing for me is like, well, I spend a lot of my free time going to concerts and I spend a lot of my free time going hiking and going camping. It was just kind of natural that I ended up um, like documenting those events as I did them. So I think that, that that would probably be my advice is like, just bring your camera to the, to things that you like to do. And then, you know, you might kind of develop a niche based off of that. Gotcha. And so just to, this is like a little bit derailing, but like, so the concerts, are you going to like these major concerts? Or are you going to like local, like in your area concerts? So I, I grew up playing in punk bands in high school. Oh, and oh wow. So we would go to um, DIY venues all the time. So they were like super small shows. And I think that that's kind of like my foundation. And so later on in high school, one of my best friends, um, who's a rapper, we kind of um, came up at the same time where I was getting a bit more serious about photography and he was getting a bit more serious about music. And so I would photograph all of his shows and then do his promo material and that kind of work. Um, so it was mostly local shows and it still is mostly local shows just because I enjoy that aspect of music. I think like the venues are a lot more intimate um, and I really enjoy that aspect. It hasn't been until probably like the last year or so that I've been able to shoot um, festivals or larger concerts. 
Gotcha. The reason why I ask is because I, I wanted to know how did you sneak your camera in? Because I've gone to a couple of like festivals before. So I went to Afropunk and I've been to a music midtown that's here in Atlanta. And so mm-hmm. when you go in and you do not have that press pass, they do not let you go. But maybe I'm just a wimp and I can't sneak my camera in. But people sneak in their cameras all the time that as far as I could see. And uh, they don't have press passes. So I was just wondering, like, yeah more local or festival <laughs> so my my favorite and this is probably just my favorite photography concert photography experience in general is one of my favorite bands they're called the wonder years they were playing at revolution in fort lauderdale which is a pretty large venue i think it's like a thousand people capacity and um i was like i have to shoot this i don't know when i'm gonna see them again and so i strapped my camera under my shirt threw a hoodie on so you couldn't see it and this is like the middle of summer in florida Uh so it's like 95 degrees and i've got a hoodie on and then i detached my lens and i actually stuck it in my pants oh my god Um, and then so i'm walking around the corner and uh, i see security's got a wand um for a metal detector and i'm like oh man i'm (laughs) fucked okay can i curse on here yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) uh i was like i'm fucked and uh and uh he so he wands me down it starts beeping he's like is that your phone and i was like yes (laughs) and then he wands me down again down the back he's like is that your wallet i'm like yes uh and so i ended up sneaking the whole thing in but when i took my camera out of my pants i ended up only having one battery and it was at 20 percent So I like went through all of this trouble to sneak my camera into the show. And then I only had maybe like 20, 25 minutes to actually get the shots that I wanted. Yeah. And 20 to 25 minutes, you can get like a bunch of shots, but they're not guaranteed good shots. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I I can't even imagine just because like when I go to anything like this, I want to carry as less as possible, no purses, no nothing. So for me to even hide anything like that, I don't think I could. And did you use like a DSLR type of thing? Like it was it like a Mm -hmm. big one? Yeah, so my my camera is actually pretty compact. It's a Sony A7R2. Oh, gotcha. Um, So it's actually pretty compact, but the lens was relatively large. (laughs) I looked, I looked ridiculous, no doubt. Like, if, yeah, if anybody had like really taken a look at me, they would have been like, "This guy's hiding something." Yeah, and I can't believe they just let you buy. Like, is that your phone? Is that your wallet? Like, as if it's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh, thank you. I was, I was relieved. I thought for sure I was, I was not making it in oh, there. Oh wow, that's a story to tell. And I hear a lot of photographers say this, like they're strapping it like to their arm, and they have hoodies on, or like they have like it like strapped to their ankles I don't even know how they do it but they do it for sure (laughs) yeah I I think it I think it depends how risky you want to be um yeah I don't know it's it's kind of tough if you paid a lot of money for a ticket and then you know you try to sneak something in and they don't let you that's a real big bummer that would be really bad oh my god well uh kudos to you I hope to see that photo later I hope you share it with me I hope it's a good one yeah So um, we talked a little bit about you moving from uh, from Florida up to here. So do you like ATL a little bit more or do you prefer home for like that creative aspect? So I, I love Atlanta um, like a ton. I genuinely love it. I've been here for uh, almost a year now. Yeah, so that'll be a full year, but I've really loved it. And I tell everyone that too. Um, 
I think it was a bit different. So I moved here straight from undergrad and I went to the University of Florida, which is in Gainesville. Um, And Gainesville is like your textbook college town. Super small, not that many people. Um, There was a pretty robust music scene, but not really the type of music that I was super into. Um, And so I really enjoyed just like the diversity that Atlanta brings, you know, it being such a big city. Um, there's so many options. There's so many different things that you can do and different things that you can shoot on any given weekend. Uh, and I really enjoy that aspect. Gotcha. And so what is like, what would you say is really different about the creatives here versus there? Like, I'm pretty sure you have creatives over there, but it's just like, is there a really big difference or do you kind of feel like everyone's generally the same? No, I I think I felt a, um, I think definitely a, a welcoming when I got here. And I think one of the things that I noticed is a lot of it is um, built on respect. And so if, if you know, you can prove that your art is, is worth it and is valuable, then I think people will certainly receive you with open arms. So I think, I think that that's not any different, but I think that in Atlanta, especially, um, I felt like this kind of warm welcome um, that was maybe a little harder to break into in South Florida. And so just on that topic as well. So where do you get your most, like most of your inspiration from? Because you did mention music, uh, but is there anything else? Like, do you people watch? Like me as a designer, I people watch a lot. Like I would watch how people interact with certain things and then see how they react to certain colors or certain designs that they see on walls when they're visiting like a restaurant. And then that's how I get my inspiration in terms of like, okay, this will get a good reaction or versus this won't get a good reaction. Yeah, I think it, I think it depends what kind of photography I'm doing. So like just, I think, studying city and regional planning and, you know, looking at design in general, I think I'm, I'm like much more tuned into um, like the environment and how the city looks and how certain streets look in certain buildings. So I think that that's something that, that certainly inspires me. Um, I like, I love, this is super nerdy, but like, I love seeing a beautifully designed building or a beautifully designed street. Oh no, that's super cool. I love when I see like that good aesthetic yeah. about it and, and it's just like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And it looks clean. Like it looks modern. And even sometimes when I'm looking at older buildings and like just that design or like it was inspired by another time, like that really like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it hits me a weird way. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get that. And I especially love like Atlanta has like a really rich industrial history. You know, there's like all these train tracks and all these old mills and factories. And I really love that aesthetic too, especially um, when they turn old buildings like mills and factories into new spaces that have different uses. I think that's like, I love that. I think that's super cool. Cool. So is there, have, since you've been here, were there any places here in Atlanta that you visited that you really liked? Like that is dope. Like any, like for us, something that's well known here is called a uh, Krog street turn, tunnel. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm trying to say tunnel, but it's tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like full of graffiti and like years and years of like graffiti just all over it. And then every, it's almost like every day there's a new graffiti artist coming in there painting over the old ones mm-hmm. and, um, or spray painting over the old ones. So it's a really cool, space for a lot of people do you have a favorite yeah so recently since i've moved um i've been taking 
it's been really easy for me to take Marta to work. And so I've been taking the, um, the blue and green line, like east and, uh, east and west. So um, like in the morning, I ride west to downtown and there's a stretch of old graffiti and old industrial buildings that I just love so much. It's like right along DeKalb um, Avenue, but I just like love that section of buildings. There's so much cool street art and so much graffiti. Um, and I really, I really love that. Oh, cool. That's interesting. I don't think we ever, um, I don't think we talked about like where you worked, where are you currently working? You don't have to say the company name if it's like yeah. confidential, but. Um, so I, I work, so I have, um, I have three jobs. Um, the first one I do real estate consulting. The second one is I work for a nonprofit affordable housing developer and they have like a solutions arm. And so I work for that. We kind of do research, case making, and policy analysis. And then my third job is I'm an in-house photographer at Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. And wow, that's that's a lot of jobs. And they're all- Yeah, really like- I'm, it keeps me busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get the hustle because I used to do that too. But like, it was a combination of like work and then internships and then going to school at the same time, which you do mm-hmm. too. You do go to school, which you're a full-time student. Right, um, yeah like well what's the reason for that like I don't think a lot of people share those reasons outside of like obviously to make money but Mm -hmm. like what would be your reason of working so hard like on three three jobs like that so initially I um I wanted to get the photography job just to kind of like keep the rust away because I was getting so busy with school that I would have difficulty finding time to take photos and so to be able to be on campus and work for the school um while still getting paid and getting to do photography and you know it's it's different it's more like event photography and professional photography in the way that it's like headshots and you know not not stuff that i'm super interested in um but it's different and i've developed a different skill set which i think is important um and then the other ones just like different things that i'm interested in um and it's kind of like an exploratory thing like do i like doing this i don't know let's try something else do i like doing this and so far i've i've really enjoyed like all of the jobs yeah. i think in part because maybe all three of them like this is not to like lecture you or anything but all three of them really kind of connect with you in a way so like the photography plus like your master degree and what you're trying to do i think they all connect in a way which is why you enjoy it so much which is rare actually for people to find yeah, totally. And and it's pretty funny because when usually when I tell people that, like, you know, my, my whole job spiel, they're like, wow, like you've really got it together. You really know like exactly what you want and what you're doing. And I was like, no, no. Like, not at all. Like I have, I have like different jobs because I have many different interests and I'm still picking and choosing and trying to find one that I like more than others. Yeah, absolutely. It's also been super recent as well. So like I got these, um, the real estate job and the affordable housing job in, uh, in April and May. So they've been, those two have been super recent. Gotcha. And so are these jobs just to kind of make it more clear for like the audience to understand too, is it like full time positions, like a salary or are you like each of these are kind of like a contract or a freelance job, something of that sort? Yeah. So I get, um, for, for which ones the, um, Real if you can go through each three of like all three of them, that would be 
yeah, cool to know. For the um, so the photography one is because I'm an I'm an in-house photographer. I work. Um, there's kind of like a bidding process, and so they'll be like, "Okay, we've got an event. Would you like to do it?" And I'll go, "Yes." Uh, we've got an event tonight. Would you like to do it? And I'll be like, "No, not really." Um, so that's kind of project based, and then I get paid hourly for that job, um, including editing, which is really great. Um, and then my real estate job is hourly and my affordable housing job is hourly as well. Gotcha. And so how do you make time for all that? Since Are you taking your master's like on campus? Yeah, I am not taking classes in the summer, which is how I'm working okay. like God. 50 hours a week. Like, geez, like, um, I'm <laughs> yeah. after we get off this, uh, this podcast, I'm going to do like a mental check. Like, are you okay? Like <laughs> a lot of work. Well, I, I also think like, because I, I do get that pretty often, like, how do you, how do you like have the, have the mental energy and the mental capacity to do it? And it is legitimately because I enjoy work. Like I enjoy all of those in different ways and I get to put a different hat on every time um, I, I go into work and it's always different. And I think that that's what I legitimately enjoy about, about doing you know, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a different exercise. It exercises a different part of my brain. And I, I really enjoy that. That's great. And I think that's so important to kind of tell people and have them understand too, is because um, a lot of like creatives that I know that go to school for like their degree, they kind of come out with this expectation. Like I want to get like the job of my dreams. Like I want to be a photographer for a studio, or I want to be a graphic designer for a marketing agency or whatever the case is, but they don't, I think it's hard for people to realize like there are steps to take. And then like, just because your dream job is to be at an agency, it doesn't mean like that life is, is perfect because I currently work at an agency and it's not everything that I expect. I mean, I love my job now, but it took a very long time to get, you know, to loving the job. Um, but who knows, like, who's to say that I won't leave within a year or two, um, if like the creative folks like booms or whatever the case is. So I think there's a lot of like trial and error and it's so good that you're doing a trial and error. Um, because a lot of people don't have that opportunity to do it or they don't want to do it because they think they need to get a stable job ASAP after college. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, I think it's also important to note that, you know, I, I think when you're in college, you're, you're working and you're grinding to get this job and you're like, okay, once, once I get this job that I want, I'll be good. But it's like, okay, there's like a lot of grinding and running in sand for that as well. And I think, you know, I, I'm like, I have so many different interests. So I'm constantly in this state of like, well, what if I get another job that would do like, you know, what if I quit this and do something else because I'm interested in that? And I think it's kind of this constant grind and constant struggle that I find myself in where I'm consistently trying to find a job that's like better than the next one, which can be super exhausting. Yeah, I totally get that for sure. And that was some that was a position I was in like about a year from now. So I've been working at my current job. I do staffing. Um, I'm a marketer there. And it's really hard for me to kind of stay put because I've been jumping for so long. Mm-hmm. Like ever since like I graduated and even during college, I was job hopping so much, not in the sake of like, I wasn't happy somewhere. It was just more of like, I felt I saw a better opportunity and I ran after it. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm like at this stable position and I have a salary, it's really good money. It feeds everything that I'm doing on the side. But 
in some ways I still crave like that creativity on the side but that's Absolutely. like you know that's what I do through here but yeah. <laughs> um but in the end I do feel like that too where like you know when like is there going to be another better job than this like should I stay should I go like there's so many right. so many questions all the time and I think I think it's good to bring it up again because it's natural and it's normal for those things to happen and a lot of people feel like they they shouldn't be going through that but in reality it happens to everybody so I'm glad you're preaching this right now <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah um we kind of derailed a little bit, but that's, that was a really good derail for sure. <laughs> um, is there any local Atlanta photographers since we're in this topic of like, you know, um, just inspirations and where they come from? Um, is there any local Atlanta photographers or creative people that you really admire work from? Yeah, I think so. The, the first two that really inspired me and caught my eye were John Cannon and Cam Kirk. Oh, I think everyone in Atlanta knows uh, Cam Kirk. <laughs> yeah, John John Cannon is Twenty One Savages photographer, yes. and yeah, everybody knows uh, everybody knows Cam Kirk. Um, so I think those two were, and I discovered them a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were probably my first foray into um, like really influential Atlanta creatives and Atlanta photographers, mm-hmm. um, and. I'm inspired not only by their art, but I think their business acumen as well and how they've been able to turn photography into a business and a career, I think is really inspiring. Yeah. So just based off of that, do you feel like that's a pathway that you want to go in where you want to open a business like Cam Kirk? Because he does so much more. Yes, his base is photography, but I see it all the time. Like he's doing workshops or he's partners with like all these different companies or whatever it is. And he's really making a brand name for himself. So is that something that you want to do? Like build a brand name? I I don't know so much that it's something that I want to do. I think it's more something that just like, I really respect about them. Um, I think if the opportunity ever, ever arose for me to really go, um, like put up or shut up and, you know, really try my hand at doing photography full time and making a business and a career out of it. I think it's definitely something that I would want to explore. Gotcha. That's really cool. And also, I just kind of like, since we're on this topic again about, you know, your career as a photographer. Mm. So just going back to the in-house photography at Georgia Tech, how, Mm. what is that experience like to you? Because in a way, it's almost like corporate photography. You're not necessarily doing freelance uh, because they are paying you and you're in-house. So it's like whenever they need you, it's for that. But you're right. not like the struggling freelancer trying to find clients all the time. This is like some steady work. Do you do you feel like it's that way? It's like a corporate setting? Yeah, it's, it's relatively steady, which I enjoy. Um, and it's super flexible, which is something that I need, mm-hmm. especially when I'm taking classes during the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of how it like fuels my creativity, it's pretty, um, I don't want to say boring. It's pretty standard work where I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking any bounds when I take these pictures, but at the same time, you're not sneaking cameras like under your hoodie and then you're (laughs) right, right, (laughs) right. But at the same time, when I deliver the pictures, I'm like, these are going to be the best damn event photographs you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. That's Um, really cool. So that's kind of like the, the energy that I, that I try to bring to it because sometimes it can, it can definitely be a little dull. Um, 
So yeah, e- you know, even even in those instances, I think it's important to be like, well, I'm in this position. I might as well give you, you know, my best effort. Yeah. And how did you land something like that? Because that's something, uh, because if we're in talking in terms of graphic design, which is what I do, graphic design is like a skill that um, I think people can learn easily, catch on and then like go into an agency and start doing work. Where photography, it's a little bit more based off of like, you know, like the skills and editing and then like making sure that, you know, like the aperture and all this camera setting stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know it too much, so I don't want to butcher it. But um, it's like all of these things, which makes it a little bit harder to hire because there's also a lot of people out there that do it. But it's not like the same as graphic design. I don't know if you you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but like, how would you land something like um, at Georgia Tech for people who like who want to get into that kind of setting? Yeah, I think the most important thing is probably having an established portfolio um, so that when there is, cause I got, I got this job through a job posting just in the college that I like in the college of design at Georgia tech, um, there was literally a poster in the hallway that was like, we need photographers. So I applied. Um, but yeah, I think that the most important thing is to have an established um, portfolio. And if you have, uh, you know, I think maybe a wide variety is probably a good thing to have in your portfolio because it shows that you've got experience shooting different things. And, um, you know, while mine is mostly filled with mountains and uh, people on stage, I think that, you know, someone, when they see a good photograph, they, they can certainly notice it. And, you know, maybe concert and landscape photography don't translate a ton to event photography. But I think that, if they see that you create good art and good content, then they trust you with their events. And that's kind of, I think, how I ended up with the job. Oh, nice. And I think maybe in part two, this is not to butcher like your credit or like your work level of work or anything like that. But I do think in part it's because of you being in that setting and being in that environment of, of Georgia Tech because they're like, oh, shit, he's a student. Like that would be even better because he's here on campus. So he will show up versus like me hiring like a freelancer that lives like, you know, like in Decap or something or in Decatur, like they're not going to make it here in time or whatever, you know, what the little, little right. details. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think it was an ideal situation for them too, just because I'm, I'm going to be on campus and they know I'll be on campus. Mm-hmm. And so just on that topic of school too, do you feel like, um, this is something I ask like all of the guests that come on to the podcast is what is your thought on going to school for a creative field? So like, obviously your thing, I think in some ways it is creative, like your master degree that you're going for. It's, it, it has its creativity, but it's not necessarily like you're going out with an art degree, <laughs> you know? So how do you feel about people who do go to school for it? And what was your bachelor's degree? So my, um, I'll start with that. My bachelor's degree was in sustainability and the built environment. Um, so that was kind of like analyzing building systems um, and trying to make them more efficient. Um, uh, I think, to be honest, I think in 2019, it is probably not wise to go into debt for a degree in a creative field. Mm. And that's interesting because you're the first one, you're the first one out of all the guests to boldly say that it's not worth it. And I'm not knocking it. I think, I think in some ways it has its truth, but you can kind of explain why do you, why do you say that? Yeah, I think, well, 
uh, and also I'd like to emphasize getting into debt as well. Oh yes, yeah, like, absolutely. I don't, think, I don't think getting into debt is worth it. I think that if you have the money to pay for college outright and you can afford a degree in a creative field, I think it's certainly worth it because there are aspects of photography that I wish that I had learned, um, especially when it comes to like the technicality of some of the some of the work that I do that I've had to learn by myself and that's been really difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you can learn how to do in school is you can learn how to do on the internet now. Um, especially when it comes to editing, like I, I I'm not going to lie. I would attribute most of my ability to edit and learning how to edit and what to look for when I shoot to YouTube tutorials. Yeah. And a lot of creative people are saying that, and I know it's probably an overplayed like record, like people keep saying, well, YouTube it and this and that. But I do agree to some extent that, you know, when you go to like a class setting, let's say it's not even college, then let's say like you're just going to like one of those workshops that they host locally here in Atlanta and you pay for it. Just that setting alone, like it makes you learn if that makes sense versus like you going onto YouTube trying to type in a video. How do I edit this photo or how do I do this? It, it, the, the effect is not the same because you're not like fully like investing into it versus like you are in the classroom right. setting. So I do agree I with agree. you on that part for sure. And, but I, I would also say too, I think that um, it like, so I, I guess I don't exactly know what a degree, what like a four-year degree in photography looks like. Uh, I don't know what like the course curriculum or anything like that looks like. I think it would totally be worth it to take classes if you're interested, mm -hmm. but I don't know that like a four-year degree in photography would pay off yeah. all that much. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think to explain to the audience a little bit about that too, just to make sure that we're super clear, we're not saying, you know, one or the other is just more of like, um, some people, when they graduate with a degree in photography, it does not guarantee that they'll get the job. So that's why I think that's why you're saying like, it's not like all right. It's all there needed. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think too, is like, you can be a great photographer and not go to school as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's really a toss up. I think it depends on what learning style like is like works best for you and also again uh, I do want to emphasize the, the whole getting into debt yeah yeah because the debt is really not um I I personally don't think it's worth it um if you have to go if you have to like literally bend over backwards an arm and a leg and still have like a hundred thousand dollars in debt at the end and you might not even get a job in that field <laughs> like that's the, the right. sad thing really absolutely and I, I think something too is just because you I mean you've kind of alluded to it but just because you have a degree in something doesn't mean that you'll get a job mm -hmm. um you know so and most of the photo photographers that I know at least they do a lot of like freelance work or they're typically in a setting like yours where it's in-house where so it's like more as needed it's not necessarily like full-time like on a salary I know a mm -hmm. couple on a salary but they're really up there in their departments like they're lead photographers or like they're they're in charge of like a group of photographers who do hire like freelancers and right. stuff like that. So um, right. just something for the audience to kind of understand, because I think a lot of people who want to do photography or like film, anything in that creative space, like 
the degree is nice for like the foundational stuff like I do agree on that where I wish I had gone to school to kind of understand like foundational graphic design but I mean like over Mm -hmm. time I've learned it through YouTube as well (laughs) so yeah yeah for sure but but it it creates a great network for you to learn from absolutely yeah. yeah that's 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 a good point too is that you um you know there are there are other ways to find a creative network but certainly if you go to school for photography like you're in you're like instantly introduced to a network of photographers and creatives mm-hmm. and professional ones too who have done it for years and years possibly so that they can go teach it yeah. you know yeah definitely yeah that's really cool another tangent but you know that was like really good I always ask and I think it's mm-hmm. um the answers generally at the end of the conversation turn out to be the same it's like based on learning styles based on like if you can afford it just don't go into debt and all that stuff so um right. glad that we agree on that point there um in terms of like your social media, so I haven't checked out your Instagram or anything like that. Not like too crazy. Like I saw it like once. Um, do you have mm-hmm. like a posting schedule or like a strategy behind your posting or you kind of just post as you go? Nah, yeah. I just kind of post as I go. It's usually um, um, I'll have like big post dumps after I do like a camping trip or uh, I shoot a concert. And then that's kind of it until, you know, the next thing that I do. And then I post a little bit more, um, but that's kind of it. I think lately I've been, um, I haven't been posting a ton. Um, I think um, Tenzin, who was at the, um, who's a super uh, talented uh, concert photographer out of Atlanta, who was also at the Dope People Meet event. uh, I think he said something super insightful that was like, once you're done with something, you don't always have to post your best photos and you can sit on them for a little bit. And so I've been trying to do that a bit more lately. Um, I was just in Seattle doing a backpacking trip. So um, I've got a ton of photos from that. And I think I've only, I've only made one post so far. And so I'm kind of just sitting on things and waiting to see if something strikes me um, or inspires me to do something a bit more creative with my photos before I post them that makes sense and so do you like we kind of touched on it earlier where like you know developing a brand for yourself yourself and stuff like that um if you don't have any intention to do that is like your instagram more for like your personal like like hey i took this cool photo so i just wanted to post it it is strictly for my friends got it just just yeah um yeah no, no no um but i i think it it's, it's definitely a, a fair question. I've, um, especially in the last year, I think cared a lot less about the brand and what everything looks like and ultimately just wanted to post pictures that would make me and my friends happy. Um, and yeah, I, I don't get like too serious with it. I think also my, my Instagram is like kind of sarcastic. I have like a sarcastic tone to a lot of my pictures that I add. Um, and that's kind of just like part of my personality. Um, but yeah, I I think another interesting thing is like, I, I delete Instagram during the week, um, because I have no willpower and I'll just like scan it for hours. Um, so yeah, I, I delete it during the week so that I don't delete the app. Yeah. I, I, I literally delete the app every Sunday night or Monday morning. So I don't look at it during the week. And then um, usually on Friday and Saturday, I catch up with everything and get to see 
um, everyone's photos from the past week. And then if I've got something to post, I'll, I'll usually download it and post it, but then I will immediately delete it. I'm a little bit in shock because I don't get I don't get the reason, but I think that like in a way in my head that that sounds so cool. It sounds like like shit. He really like he's really like to himself. Like he deletes the Instagram app and then he re-downloads it. But then at the same time, it's like so. What is your purpose in doing that? Is it just more like why can't you just not open the app, or is it because it's there? It's tempting to open. No, yeah, I literally think that like I'm addicted to looking at Instagram. <laughs> I think we all are. Like, all- <laughs> I'll just like, no, I'm, I'm super serious. Like I'll, I'll just scroll for hours and be like, wow, awesome photo. This is an awesome photo, another awesome photo. And literally like the best way that I found to stop myself from wasting just hours of my day on Instagram is to delete it. Interesting. I mean, that might be something I have to try. Like I, I, I feel like I am religiously like married to that app. Yeah. I mean, I was for a long time, like I, I, w- I would literally spend hours on it and I'll be totally honest. It's like one of the best decisions that I made. I've been doing it for, um, since January. Um, that was like one of my new year's resolutions. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been, or actually no since uh, I think since like September, um, I've been doing it and it's seriously like one of the best decisions that I made. Interesting. Do you think in part, like, uh, I'm just, uh, I graduated with a sociology and my minor is education psych, like psychology. So I'm always thinking about the underlying. So like, do you think it's because you're comparing yourself to other people on Instagram? Oh, 100%. Instagram makes me me so upset, like all of the time. (laughs) I think it makes a lot of people upset, but they, they haven't like, got up to your level where you admit it so you're just like I'm just gonna delete the app and then I'll get back to it on Friday (laughs) no seriously it would be and this is like pretty personal but um it it would be like a big problem where um you know one I'd be at school or in class and then I'd look at Instagram and I'd be like damn this person's on tour with so-and-so taking these pictures and so like not only would I be like super jealous but if it was someone who's photos I didn't think were that spectacular then I would get like frustrated and I'm like damn I'm in a classroom and this person doesn't even take great pictures and they're out on tour with so-and-so yeah and so it was really just like the best way for me to avoid that situation entirely Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's like Honestly, with you, I think I, now that you're explaining it, I think that's actually really healthy because you're taking steps to do better with yourself, especially with this photography thing where, where we're in this creative space where we will compare ourselves to other people because I do that all the time. I'm on Instagram looking at other friends who are who are in startups or other graphic designers or other, you know, creatives. And they I'm not saying their work is shit or anything like that. I'm just saying like, like I'm in a different position and I feel like, mm-hmm they could be better, but yet they're doing like 10 times better than I am. Like they're making a bunch of, at least from what their Instagram is showing, they're making tons of more money or like they're constantly like on this like rise and grind personality thing, you know, like all of this stuff. And it, it in some ways it does bring me down a lot of days. <laughs> yeah, no, one, 100%. Like it, like this decision was purely out of like health for myself. Um, and again, like I will, like swear to it, like it was probably one of the best decisions I made in the last year. I, I'm significantly happier. 
That's good. And I'm glad you're sharing that so that the public knows, like, maybe if you're feeling down and comparing yourself, delete your Instagram and then get back to it on Friday. I think it's a natural instinct too to compare yourself to others' work. Um, and when, you know, there's literally an app and the people that you that you follow are in the same field as you, you know, you're just kind of like inviting that comparison, I think. And it can get really frustrating. Yeah. And I don't think it's on purpose. Like, I don't think I purposely go to like my friends or like my business partners. I don't purposely go to their pages to see like, okay, what are you up to today? Are you like one upping me today? And it's not like that. It's just more of like the way it's designed and the scroll and like how everything is seamlessly on one, one page. It makes you compare and it, it does like make you think about like, I could be doing better. This person's on tour, yet I'm in the classroom. You know, those kind of thoughts. So I totally get it. And I was asking about Instagram or just thinking about the posting schedule thing because a lot of uh, photographers really stay on Instagram and I mean, we can go in tangents again about like the whole comparison thing, but that's where it starts. It's like, you know, on an app where we're all looking at each other's work and we're all in the same field or like you're following other different people and you start comparing yourself to their situation. So that's why I asked about Instagram. Yeah. And that, I think that's going to be like my headline for this episode, addicted to Instagram. <laughs> we have a solution. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's kind of, I think this episode, where are we at right now? We're in the 45 mark. So we're doing really good. Um, I think I want to kind of dive into a part that I haven't talked to other creatives about, not necessarily too deep, um, is really like the struggle. So from what you're saying and how you're saying it, it especially sounds like you have your shit together, but I know there's some deep shit there. So, um, do you find like there's any struggles with you to keep that drive to keep creating? Like, is there a struggle there? I think the, um, the one thing that I found is that, um, like it, it is a, it is a job now and has been for, um, the, the better part of a year through Georgia tech, but it's like born out of a passion. And so, um, any time that I got to do photography was because I really wanted to do it. And like, I was like itching to take photos and like itching to shoot a concert and itching to go on a trip so that I could take photos and show everyone. Um, so I, I think it's kind of that, I think that having a nine to five job and kind of an idea about what I want my career to be helps with, um, using photography as a creative outlet where it's like, man, like I've just used like one part of my brain for most of the day. Now I finally get like a nice release. I get to do photography. Um, so I think that it's a really nice balance and that really keeps me energized and makes me even more excited when I get to take photos. There was one summer I'll say when I turned down, uh, an internship, doing a job that would have been like really great for my career um, in order to kind of try to be a creative director for um, one of my friends who's an artist. And I hated it. Like I re I really, really hated it. Um, yeah. Like what made you hate it so much? I think that I felt this need to like, I, I think creativity is, sometimes this thing where it's like you can't surf if there are no waves and if there's no inspiration and if you're not really feeling it one day and doing that I kind of felt like 
okay, well, I turned down this job because I wanted to make being creative my job. And I felt this need to constantly be doing something. And when I didn't have good ideas or I didn't have a shoot organized or put together or I wasn't creating content, I felt like I was either doing a bad job or not doing my job oh, at all. Wow, That's a really interesting perspective because um, since I work in staffing now and I do like a marketing role for like for staffing, which is it's not a boring topic, but it's a very technical field and it's a very professional field. So it's not like there's a there's a lot of room for like colors and all that stuff. You really have to stick on brand and all this stuff. And there is some struggle there to kind of like, you know, creatively keep thinking all the time. And especially in the role as a marketer, I have to creatively think of new ideas, think of new campaigns, make sure they run smoothly and combined with all the technicality with it. But I agree with that. And I don't think people have mentioned that before, like how creativity, like being in that space all the time really does burn you out. Yeah, I think it can, especially, you know, like I said, like it, like for me, at least, like I can't surf if there's no waves, I need some kind of inspiration or a feeling or an emotion or something like that to help kind of carry this creativity forward, whether it's doing editing or like graphic elements, adding graphic elements to my photos, I, I need something to work off of. And sometimes like you just don't have it. And I think that's what was frustrating. It's like writer's block, yeah. but for days or weeks. Yeah. And I think, again, a lot of people don't talk about that because um, a lot of my friends who do like creative work like full-time in terms of like their creative directors or their art directors, anything like that. I don't think they, they ever share to the public, like this shit is really overwhelming and I have to keep thinking creatively. There's no stop. Like even when I go to bed, sometimes me being like, a, mm -hmm. like the startup founder and stuff like that, I have to think about the business constantly. And that's the same thing with other creative directors or anything in that higher creative role. Like you're constantly thinking about your projects because you got to figure out how can you make it better? How can you like make sure the message is there? Or like, how can you make sure the photo is right? All of this stuff. And that's just not something that happens in a regular like office corporate nine to five job. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And let's be real a little bit. So does everything that you do now, but you work three jobs. So I don't know if this question really applies anymore, but do uh, all of the jobs and everything you do creatively, does that pay the bills or is there months where you're struggling? Um, so having, well, I will say that I have made like almost zero money doing concert and outdoor photography. Like, like literally, I think I got asked the first time a few weeks ago to shoot a show for money because I never like, like no one has ever asked to pay me to shoot their show before. Um, it, because it's just something that I love to do. And so I think like, if you want to do this kind of work, like you, like you better really fucking love it. Like you better really have a passion for it because I have made literally $0 shooting what I love to shoot. And the, like the only money that I've made is, uh, through photography has been doing like graduation photos or professional headshots or this work through, um, Georgia tech. And so you know, if, if you want to sustain your career as a photographer, like you better go shoot weddings and you better go shoot events. Oh, yeah. because I can't even start on those weddings. Like they charge, I saw a couple of packages the other day, not that I'm getting married, but like I have wedding photographer oh. friends who charge up to the six grand 
for a wedding, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where the money is. The money is not in shooting local rappers. Yeah. I, I would definitely say, though, like, I think it can be a, a good streamline, streamline of income if you work super hard to make it that way. So, like, for your example, and um, I'm, I'm glad we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, was that because you're not trying to brand yourself as a concert landscape photographer, like, hire me for concert photos or hire me for landscape photos. I don't think you're trying to brand yourself as that way. You're kind of more of, like, this is what I do and this is, like, my photography and I do event photography on the side. I do this, I do that, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not as prominent, like compared to like the people that we met at the event where it's like literally their life to do concert photos. Like they're, they're literally paying bills with these photos. So um, I think for people who really want to dive into that space, because I know a lot of photographers who are really trying to achieve that concert photography uh, level where like, mm-hmm. that's what they want to do, but that's a lot of damn work to get there and portfolio yeah, building yeah, all of this stuff it's a it's a ton of work yeah not only on the front end in doing yeah in in actually like developing that portfolio but i think like really the best way to get money in that field is to link up either with an artist or with a label or some kind of management that will allow you to go on tour so you can like be constantly creating content for an artist um or you know to do festivals to be like an in-house media person for a festival like Rolling Loud always has um, like a really robust in-house media team um, who creates like really fucking awesome photos and really awesome videos. Yeah. And I think in part, I think oh, that, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I think that that's really kind of just like the, the best path toward that kind of more permanent sustainable work is like to link up with an artist or a label or a festival, something like mm-hmm. that. And I think that, um, which is something a lot of people don't really mention because I think a lot of people just kind of push this to the side is that power of social social networking and just being able to talk to people because a lot of people assume, and I don't want to put like a label on all creatives, but I mean, they can be introverted in some ways I am. And then in some ways my mm-hmm. other creative friends are introverted. Um, so they're a little bit afraid to talk or anything of that sort. But I do think that is so important to, building a brand name for yourself or like even becoming like some good photographer so that you can get paid for concert photos. Like you have to have Mm -hmm. some type of skill to negotiate or to talk or to network with people or to, you know, be able to just tell them things about your photography so that you could sell it to them. Cause at the end of the day, it's like a selling game. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you, I think, you know, your, your photography and your art can do, can get you half of the way, like they can get you in the door, but ultimately like you as, um, as like a personality and as an individual that has skills has to kind of do the rest for you. Yeah. And definitely like when we are adding, if we were to add photographers into our teams here at the creative folks, like it has a lot to do with like the vibe that I get from you, your energy and how you talk to me and stuff like that. Not saying that we need to be like, you know, like suited up and like all professional all the time, but definitely like you have to be able to talk to people. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like I I should just be able to go in and shoot photos and that should be it. Like that's not the case. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much more, especially like, and that, that's something that I think is, is really, really crucial for a photographer is because oftentimes, you know, I mean, I think this is definitely outside of concert photography, but more like portraits or events or 
any setting where there's someone who you might not be super familiar with that you're taking their photos. For a lot of people, photography is a super intimate experience. There's like a giant lens in your face. And like, I would say like 80, like 75, 80% of the people that I take photos of are super uncomfortable behind a camera. And your, your job as a photographer is to make someone feel comfortable and make them feel natural so you can get those really like lovely candid shots of people that um you know show them being real and you know like uh show them with like a lot of emotion um and i think that's really a an important skill to hone and i think a difficult one too yeah for sure and just talking about skills too. So is there anything that you wish you knew back then in terms of like anything like skills or just lessons that you've learned in your photography co- career that you wanted to share to the public? Yeah, I think the first one is don't be afraid to ask for advice. Oh, that's definitely me. a skill, by the way. A lot of people would lack that, like lack that skill. Yeah. Yeah, I I think as a skill and just as advice in general is like, like ask, use people as resources. Um, Like really the first photographer that that taught me a ton and and kind of how to be a professional was one of my friends, Merit Faye, who is the photographer for ASAP Ferg. Um, And he was my neighbor in college and we met super awesome dude. And we went on a camping trip and we were shooting photos and he's like, are you shooting in automatic or manual? And I was like, oh, you know, I never really thought of that before. You know, I hadn't taken um, photography like super seriously. Um, and I had just gotten a new camera. And so, you know, I was asking him all these questions about, oh, what should the settings be? Um, how do you achieve this kind of look? Um, and I think that that was really like my first foray into asking advice on, you know, how do, how do I, how do I personally take better pictures? What should I be looking for? What should I be doing in my camera that can help with that look? Um, yeah, I I think asking for advice is something that's That's really important because a lot of people, again, like I said, they lack that skill. I think it, it has a lot to do with like, just being afraid of like, the person saying no or like the person saying mm-hmm. like why are you asking me these type of questions like you're not going to learn from me or just that just like awkwardness you know? like afraid to ask people questions mm-hmm. um because we're, we're just training yeah, to do that it's, it's scary. yeah yeah it's scary and especially when you perceive that there's like either a knowledge gap and so you might be intimidated by asking someone um, by asking someone how to do something because you know you never want to feel like embarrassed yeah. when you're doing and especially that. if it's like out in public and not in a classroom setting so it makes it a little bit more awkward like you, you can't just ask like your neighbor for advice but apparently you did and you did it was really good advice so that really worked out yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. so uh let's kind of jump into like one of the biggest things that I really like um like about myself (laughs) this is a little bit conceited but um just like I feel like I have a lot of family support and peer support in what I do so I feel like that helps me in terms of like doing better in my creative work and my outside work too everything just like having that support really helps me so do you have something like that like do you have a family support or peer group that really supports you yeah my family is awesome um my parents especially are usually the first people that I send photos to, um, before I post on Instagram, before I send it to my friends, 
before I do anything with it. Um, one, just so they know, like, <laughs> just to be like, hey, this is what I did this weekend, or look who I shot this weekend. Um, uh, yeah, they're like literally the first people that I send photos to. And I always kind of said, you know, this was when I was, this was a few years ago when I was a bit younger, but I always kind of thought like what I, what my real goal in like photography is, is for like, if there was one, if there was like one picture that I sent my parents and they were just like stunned by it, like they were just like super impressed. And I think that I just like really value their opinion. Um, and you know, that was just like a big goal for me was like for them to be just like super proud of a photograph that I had taken. Mm-hmm. And do they have a background in photography at all? So they both, they both like were, um, not professional photographers in any capacity, but were interested in photography and have taken a ton of photographs. Okay. So they, but you would say they kind of have like an eye for it. So like when they see one, they're kind of like, Oh, like that's a good one or something. Yeah. And they're, they're definitely creative individuals too. Oh, cool. 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 That's good. Um, and that's really good to just have that family support because I know a lot of creatives out there that don't have that family support or peer group support. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that can be the make it or break it. Like a lot of people can argue and debate on that part. But I think for me personally, personally, it would be the make it or break it. Because if I didn't have them, just like you, if you didn't have like that, just that honest opinion from them when you, or that satisfaction when you send them a photo, it, it's just mm. like, it just doesn't complete me as a whole. Like uh, when yeah. I finish a design, I, I instantly send it to my, uh, to my sister or like I send it to my yeah. mom, even though my mom doesn't understand what the fuck I'm doing. Like she's like, what right, is that? Right. But she's like, that looks yeah. cool. I like it. Like yeah. looks good for what it is. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, that's all I care about. I don't care about what my boss says. I don't care what anybody else says. My mom says it's cool. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like a few people whose opinions matter the most. Mm-hmm. And then everyone after that, you're like, I could kind of care less what you think about this. Yeah. And I think that just helps like me shape uh, better as a creative because then I'm always like constantly thinking about what other people are thinking about my work. It's just because that's our field because our work is to me- meant to be judged. And then when I send mm-hmm. it to like my family and they get to see it, even if they don't understand it as a whole, but like just to know like that I have that support system behind me really takes me far. So <laughs> I'm glad you have that. Yeah. I I will say too, if I could add as well, I think another part of the support is because I have other jobs um, and other like, I, I think part of it is like, if I wasn't making any money and I was like, look at these concert photos I took then I think it would probably be a bit of a different story. Maybe a little bit concerning um, then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, but I think that that's kind of natural as a parent, just because, you know, you want your children to succeed, and you want them to be happy and healthy, and, you know, be able to pay the bills. And so luckily, um, I have a couple of other venues for that. Mm-hmm. Right. I do think now that you bring it up, I do think that's important. So honestly, if I had gone on this route where there's no money in my account, there's no savings, there's no plans or anything like that, I think there there would be some concern, but that's natural for any parent. Mm-hmm. And that's that comes with, right. like, you know, obviously having that family support is because they're going to care about every single thing that you're doing, like making sure you're okay versus like people who don't right. have that. They're kind of like, I can do whatever because like 
they don't care to begin with. So there, there is that difference. Um, so that's good that you have the support system. We talked about that, talked about education and all that stuff. So is there any future plans for you, um, away or aside from what you do now, or is this kind of like the move for like the next year coming up? Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of projects that I'm trying to wiggle into. Um, the first is I, so I really love sports as well. Um, and so I am trying to leverage that job at Georgia Tech into um, working with the athletic department there um, to see if I can uh, start shooting football games or basketball games, baseball games, anything like that. Um, so that's part of it. And I think especially being part of Georgia Tech and the campus um, is like a good introduction into doing that. And it's also like a really unique atmosphere that you don't get outside of college um, or going to a university. Um, so there's that. And then also a couple of my friends started a clothing brand that I'm doing some graphic design work for called St. Rascal. Um, so I'm working on that as well. And then other than that, I'm just shooting any show that I can sneak my camera your into. Pants and hoodies, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or well, otherwise, um, yeah. Shoot, shoot any, you know, any Atlanta show that I can. Um, and yeah, just keep going on trips. <laughs> that sounds really cool. And um, just to kind of like bring it all together around circle and stuff like that. I feel like um, just from how you're kind of talking about like, you know, your journey here as a creative, um, I feel like you are very privileged because you have like a lot of um, like you have stable jobs that can, can feed you the, the money part. Um, I assume you have like a, a nice stable place to live in, <laughs> not, not like some raggedy place to live in. Um, but Correct. you're, you're in a good place Correct. and you just have, I think, I think that family support again, just kind of ties it all together. Like you just, you're just in a good place, even though like we mentioned in the beginning, like we all have our bad days, obviously, like we all have shit that goes on. Um, I just think that's really cool. And a lot of creatives don't have that. And, um, do you have any advice for people who are like in that situation, say like out of those three things that I just mentioned. So the income, the stable living, and then like the family support for certain creatives who don't have like one of those aspects, what is your advice for that? Like, because it could be struggling. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to give this kind of advice because um, I have been really happy and really secure, um, really lucky and blessed to be in the position that I'm in along with a lot of hard work. But I think there's certainly been a lot of luck, um, along the way. I think probably, you know, if, if I was giving advice to someone, I think the best thing that I would say is make sure that you are healthy mentally and that you are doing things that make you happy. Um, because if you're not doing things that make you happy, then like, honestly, like, what's the, like, what's the fucking point? Like, you know, if, if being a creative and doing creative work is what makes you happy, then you should do that. If you, you know, need to pay the bills, then you should get a job that pays the bills and still use photography or whatever your creative outlet is to make you happy. Um, 
Because I, I think that that would be my – that sounds super And cliche. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> Not that it's a bad thing. I was going to mention, like, people um, to the audience that is listening, they may be thinking, like, oh, like, Alex is just saying, like, the cliche. Like, everyone says that. But I think there is a reason why people are saying yeah. the same thing. And it's because it, it holds, like, truth to it. And same thing with me. I have everything, just like you said, uh, with a lot of luck on my side, for sure. Like, I, I would never be in my position if I didn't have luck along the way. Um, and just like the environment that I'm in, I went to university, I met really great people, those great people put me in the place that I was in. And then that place put me in a better place, which is where I am now. So it had a lot to do with like, you know, the the decisions I made, the people that I met, the people that I talked to. Um, but a lot of people are lacking in certain areas or not lacking. That's a really bad term for it, but they're, they're unfortunate in certain areas. Uh, so a lot of people that I've talked mm. about this with, they say the same things, like just keep pursuing what you're pursuing, but the bills come first. So if there's something that you need to pay or there's other responsibilities, make sure those are taken care of first. The creative stuff can always come after. And I feel like, I mean, creative work can happen at any time. And like you were mentioning earlier, they come in spurs. Like whenever you feel like there's a creative spark there, it happens. So it's not like constantly, right. like every single yeah. day. And I think too, um, yeah. maybe another important thing is, like if something's not working, actively try to change oh, that's it. That's so important. Um, and actively, actively try to get better at your craft. Actually, actively try to make sure that you're in like a healthy, happy state. Because um, I, that's I think that's maybe what I've struggled with the most. Being, I mean, not, not just a creative, but just being like a 23 year old moving to a new place is like how can I make sure that I am like happy and mentally healthy? Um, and so, you know, like I said before, like deleting Instagram was like a huge thing for me that like definitely made me way happier and way healthier. So I think if there are steps that you can notice and take action to that will actively make you happier and healthier, I think that those would be in your best interest as well. That's really good advice. And so adding on top of that, what do you think is a really, um, I know it could vary per person, but what do you suggest would be like a very good first step? So like, say you want to improve on something, so go to more classes. Like what if I can't afford the classes, all the factors that come along with that, all that stuff. Yeah, I think if you, um, I, I would say like speaking specifically mm -hmm. to photography would be, um, in your spare time, you know, if, you know, it might not be ideal to go out and shoot every day. Um, but I think shooting as much as possible, trying different things. And then in your downtime, like, you know, like this is going to sound weird, but like anytime you're in the bathroom, anytime you're like in the shower, like pop on YouTube and like look up tutorials, look up interviews, listening to your favorite photographers and, you know, listening to their story, how they got started, or if they have tutorials and tips about shooting. Um, I think that that kind of stuff is really helpful. Like if you really love this work and if you're really serious about it, just inundate yourself with it. Like, like be around it all the time. Um, go to local shows, go to, um, events like the dope people meet that we just went to where you can learn from people who have been mm -hmm. doing this with a bit more yeah, experience. I, that's actually really good advice and a really good starting point because um, I, when you started saying that, I started thinking about myself and like we started this business together um, in 2018, like the creative folks itself. And I just started because I was so passionate about it. I didn't even realize that I was suddenly like, 
you know, starting to look up courses and I was starting to look up like different podcasts like that I could listen to like on my commute because my commute is from um, I live near the airport and I have to commute up to Marietta, which is about mm-hmm. like 30 to 40 minutes and a day. Yeah. 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 That's all. <laughs> Every single day <laughs> I had to do that. Um, but that commute, I could be learning, even though, yes, I'm driving, but I could be learning or I could keep re-inspiring myself. Um, again, like I can't be, I can't be on Instagram while I'm driving, obviously. So I was thinking of other ways that I can inspire myself, right. which I uh, found podcast, which is like my favorite thing in the world, which is why I'm doing podcasts now, because I feel like it's so inspirational. And so I started listening into that kind of stuff and just hearing, like you said, people's stories, people's journeys. And then I started hearing, um, I started diving into like other people that I really liked, like personally, like on YouTube and stuff. And I looked into their podcasts and stuff like that. And they just talked about life. It wasn't even creative stuff. It's just life. And it really inspired me in many different ways. It's like, shit, I could be doing that. Shit, I could be doing this. Like, it's just all of this stuff that really helped me along the way. I totally agree. Um, People should listen to this podcast in the car. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> yes because they could learn a lot from you like from this episode like the whole deleting instagram mm-hmm. i think it's genius <laughs> um i think that is all of my questions really do you have anything that you want to share i would like for you to share your instagram handle and all that stuff so people can kind of find where you are yeah um you can catch me goofing off on instagram my instagram is Poseidonberg, which is p-o-s-e-i-d-e-n-b-e-r-g or you can just look it up. It's Alex Seidenberg. Um, and yeah, that's it. And then look out, I guess, for stuff um, with St. Rascal, the clothing company. Oh, yeah. Good shout out. I will definitely uh, check them out. Are they here local in Atlanta? Um, they're from South Florida. Oh, gotcha. So how do you work with them? Like, I know this is not podcast related anymore, but how do you work with them? They're, um, they're two of my best friends. So we, uh, we go back and forth. Oh, okay, so it, like you guys are cool with like working virtually and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, it, what is it like a clothing line like um, like all types of clothes or is it just like t-shirts? Um, I think the idea is to start out with t-shirts and sweatshirts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully we'll get into like hats and shorts. Oh, cool. Well, I will be expecting a lot from them. I I would love to see what kind of things you create with them. Yeah, totally. It's it's a ton of fun um, designing this work and just like the the process of trying to start a business and and you know the the beginning stages of designing merchandise is is really exciting and really cool for me. Yeah, and you can never know where this could lead you. So this might even like potentially open up your photography like business side a little bit more because right. now you're getting into the business state. But you know who knows? Maybe we'll check in within like a year and see where you're at. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely talk after this, so no worries on that. What's up, y'all? Tammy here. How did you guys enjoy today's episode? Was it good, bad? Let us know. Let's talk at thecreativefolks.org is where you can email us to let us know about your opinions of today's show. Um, we would really appreciate it. If you had any guests, you can send them on over. We would love to interview them, talk about their creative journey, either as an art student, a creative entrepreneur, or anything else in between. See you in the next episode. Let's hustle. <laughs>